Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Welcome to Q&A. Glad you decided to join us. And so this is your opportunity to ask questions. So if you've got questions from the sermon this morning, the number's up on the screen. We'd really encourage you to text them in. Uh, Really great opportunity. We say it all the time, but really it's true. If it's something that's in your mind, likely it's in someone else's as well. And so we'd love to have those questions. I know many times questions come in and I'm like, oh yes, I've thought about that too. I've wondered that. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a while to get them in. So we get them the the next day or get them after the the time in. So don't don't hesitate to ask. I once we get started, uh, really good questions do come. So hope people will ask. Yeah, and if we if we miss questions, we do try to do follow up podcasts during the week. Yes, um, so we catch the questions then as well. So, but we do have one uh, to get us started, and so okay, we'll go from there. All right. Um, so in the Old Testament. They had the Lord's promises through prophets. Um, how do we know in our time that we will succeed? Yes, uh, that's a great question because you have to ask, what does success mean? Oh, yeah, good question. Yeah, so <clears throat> you have um, – I think of Moses. The Lord sends mm-hmm. Moses, uh, the burning bush, sends him back to – Egypt, and uh, he's not sure, uh, is anybody going to believe me? Uh, Why would Pharaoh do what we're saying? And he has lots of fear and doubt regarding Mm -hmm. whether it could actually happen. And the Lord says, I I am the Lord. Pharaoh's not the Lord. I am the Lord. Six times, actually, in one section, he reminds Moses, I am the Lord. So, uh, success to specific projects like that in the Old Testament were were guaranteed. And it might be easy to think, well, okay, so it was promised, mm-hmm. and therefore it was easy for them to believe, and it's hard for us to believe because we don't have those same promises. I've thought about that. I don't have a burning bush in front of me. <laughs> it's screaming. <laughs> We have something better than a burning bush. <laughs> a burning true. bush was a one-moment experience for Moses that right. he had to keep going back on. And how many times would have thought, did that really happen? Did I make that up? Or Was that real? Yes. Was that, was that my enchiladas <laughs> yeah. the night before? Um, <laughs> um, and so I, I'm not being facetious at all when we say mm-hmm. we have the promise of Scripture. Now, uh, when I, I don't, this is why I appreciate the question. My my brother, I'll use him as an example because it's kind of close. Jeff, his oldest brother, started uh, Hope International, which was intended to, again, help the poorest of the poor break the cycle of poverty through a hand up instead of a hand out, restoring dignity uh, to folks and helping them break a cycle of poverty that they just couldn't break. So reaching the poorest of the poor. He did not have, when he had that on his heart, a guarantee that, oh, if you do this, 2 million people, 2.2 million people will be helped in the next 25 years. That's true. No, he didn't have that promise. No. What, What promise did he have? He had, first of all, the command. Pure and undefiled religion, James one twenty seven was what? Pure and undefiled religion is to help the widow and the orphan. He had the the command that Paul uh, passed on, that we are to help 
the poor. So, and this might seem unusual, but when, when we have the command, we can know that with every command of God comes the promise of God that I will give you what you need to do what I've said. So, right. second um, Thessalonians, no, it's not. Second Peter chapter one, uh, two and three, uh, you have, he has been granted to us everything that we need for life and for godliness uh, through his glory and excellence because we are partakers of the divine nature. So the promise embedded into the command of Scripture, faithfully he's called you and he will bring it to pass. He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians 1, 6. <clears throat> so embedded into the, every command is the promise that when you obey my command, I will give you what you need to do, what I've said. Again, that does not promise that Jeff was going to reach two million people. But he didn't start it to help two million people. He started it to help a local church in Zaporozhye, Ukraine. So he is, they started in the heart of where it's very intense right now in the Ukraine. And with some failures, because uh, as he would say, I'm not uh, picking on him here, he said, I didn't take enough time to look, listen, and learn. He jumped in mm. and discovered, wow, they actually have better ideas than I have for that which will work in terms of business. They didn't need ideas. They needed capital. That's all they needed was capital. And so he learned some valuable lessons along the way, and it started making a difference in people's lives. So uh, <clears throat> I think maybe last week we, we talked about this from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 12 that makes this promise. There are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, the varieties of ministries, and the same Lord, the varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So uh, God has given Jeff some unique gifts. God's given you some unique gifts. God's given me some unique gifts. God's given you some unique gifts, right? Okay. And with those gifts come ministries. Mm-hmm. Ministries simply defined as things that we can do to change the trajectory of other people's lives. The effect, the third part here, the effect, that's up to the Lord as well. So there are folks who have the same gifts and same ministry, if you will, that I have that have had far greater effects mm -hmm. than I have had. And I could look at that and go, not fair. It's up to the Lord what gifts he gives me, and it's up to the Lord what ministries I do with that, and it's up to the Lord in terms of the effects with it. So the promises that we have for success are not for us to pick something to just go do. Right. I can't say, hmm, God's going to promise me success. I think I'll start a business, and God's promised I'll have success. No, you may have a really bad business plan, and it won't be successful. Right. He has promised success in that he has promised that he will give us what we need to do what he said. And the level, if you will, of impact on that 
may vary. Other people have started microfinance organizations, Mm -hmm. gospel-centered, Christ-centered. I think I read this week that only 6% of the microfinance work that happens in the world is gospel-centered. So there's a lot of people simply do this for profit. Right. And hope is not for profit. It's for changing the trajectory of other people's lives, a nonprofit, only 6% of that. Others have tried it, and it's not been as successful. So the success is in the Lord will give us what, to, what we need to do, what he has said. So um, thinking of, since I talked about my brother-in-law, Rod, uh, last night, he and Cindy uh, adopted five children, three girls and two boys, and the Lord has gave them success. Gave, what's that mean? Well... Embedded into the promise of caring for widows and orphans mm-hmm. is pure and undefiled religion is that I'll give you what you need. So they have lots of God stories, Rod and Cindy do, of how the Lord provided for them in unique ways. We took a walk uh, yesterday morning, and he just told me all these. One of the things he said was, oh, but Lord, if we do this, I'm never going to be able to go west again. He loves going west. I'm never going to be able to go west again because I'm going to have to pour all my resources into trying to raise these children that you've given me. And one of his God stories is he, because he had a marketing business, he ended up connecting with a dude ranch out west. And for, I think he said, 17 summers, he got to not only go west, but to take the kids that wow. he, the Lord had put in his heart to be able to raise, to be able to take them west. And part of their, some of their greatest memories are in the Lord giving him what he was willing to do to give, to give up to do what God had put in his heart. So that's what I mean. He's not, he's not going, I'm super rich, but the Lord always gave him what he needed, and the Lord blessed him along the way. So whatever the Lord has put in your heart, success means if it's obeying that which the Scripture has said to care for people, to share the gospel, to go to the nations, to help the poor, to care for the widow, to give a home to the orphan. When we do those things to reach the, to be the presence of Christ to the lonely, when we do those things, we have the promise the Lord will give us what we need. That doesn't mean we'll be the greatest person on the planet or we'll have the greatest organization on the planet. It means the Lord will give us success in at least helping the people that he has put in our world, in our sphere of influence to help. Mm-hmm. It's just he kept, he has continued to broaden the influence for some. That's As you were him. talking about your um, brother's organization that he started, you know, you yeah. had mentioned that he had to make some adjustments along the way. Yes. That he didn't look, listen, and, you know, learn in the beginning. And I think that's something, I'm a very detail-oriented person. Mm-hmm. So when the details aren't working out, I, I think it's very easy to say, just give up completely. We're done. Like this right. just isn't right. But that's not the case. Like you yeah. can't always get wrapped up in the details when there's the long game, if you will, of yeah. what the impact you're trying to make. They wanted to help. And so they said, here's a business we should start. And the business failed. And you think, oh, see, it failed. It wasn't a success. It wasn't. It failed because he went, 
wow, we didn't listen mm. to them. We should let them decide on the businesses that would prosper and the ones that uh, other folks would come alongside in terms of what they do in community-type banking. So, yeah, I think details or initial hiccups or mm -hmm. failures yeah. can cause us to quit instead of going, no, I am going to continue on because the Lord put it in my heart. Yeah. And also our own measure of success, like what we deem would be that, would be successful. that mark yeah. of success, mm -hmm. we may not hit that mark that yes. you know that may not be what the lord has for us and that's okay cuz yeah. he has better plan i i remember sitting in my office talking to a, a husband a father one time and he said you know i'm just really mad at god hmm. because he gave me all these kids and they were um, not adopted my wife and i had all these kids and we're just always are struggling to get by financially. And I just feel like the Lord's let me down. And I said, but you've had what you've needed to get by? He said, well, yeah. I mean, we've always had uh, food to eat, and we've always had a roof over our head, and we've always had the transportation we needed. And I wasn't trying to be mean or sarcastic. I simply said, then I think what's at issue here is not that the Lord has not kept his promises to you. It's that the Lord has not done the expectation that you had for the lifestyle that right, you, you had believed would be for you if you obeyed the Lord. So he, he had his expectation here, and the Lord had promised this, and he was mad at the Lord because of the missing gap. So what you say, uh, how we define success is pretty important. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot, who uh, became well-known for her writing of the works of Jim Elliot, mm -hmm. who died on the beaches trying to take the, the gospel to an unreached tribe, killed by them instead of converting them. That wouldn't seem like success. Yeah, that would be a, yeah. a point where I think uh, I'd yeah, be like, we're lost, done, Yeah, go away. Uh, well, and even to go... Lord, you put it in my heart to reach the these Indians, and I don't save them. They kill me. That's failure. That's not success. Mm, yeah. Well, from eternal God's perspective, the, the work of missions exploded mm -hmm. because of the killing of those five missionaries on that beach. Uh, hundreds of young people gave themselves to the work of taking the gospel to the nations that would not have had those five guys not failed. See, they didn't fail, had not died in their obedience to the Lord. So again, how we define mm -hmm. success is pretty crucial. Jim Elliot probably would have defined it as this, God, this tribe coming to Christ. The Lord defined it as you dying for the sake of hundreds of tribes coming to Christ. That was success. We just don't always see it from the Lord's perspective. So I can think, uh, it's just stuff off the top of my head of how we would initially think, oh, failure, and instead, well, no, the Lord actually gave a greater success. So if you are obeying the Lord, doing what he's put in your heart, understand 
there may be things that you need to learn and how to do it. Right. Just like Jeff had to learn how to do microfinance in an mm-hmm. effective way. There may be things that you have to learn and how to do it. Don't give up because how you tried to do it failed. Continue to believe that God has put it in your heart and seek his wisdom and believe in his enablement and continue to do it because ultimately success is this, doing what the Lord gave me to do. That's success. Whether there's fruit that I can see from it or not, uh, Jeremiah, the prophet, the Lord told him, you're going to preach and nobody's going to listen. Oh, that's failure, Lord. No, that's my promise to you. You're going to preach and nobody's going to listen. And Jeremiah did what the Lord told him to do. That's success. So I, I think we can define it in cultural ways, mm-hmm. and it's important that we come back and, combi- and define it biblical ways. Whatever the Lord has called you to do, do it. Uh, Go back to Elizabeth Elliot. I know mm-hmm. all these stories are coming in my head. Stories. Okay, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, she did after Jim died, or maybe it was before Jim. Um, she wrote a little book called "These Strange Ashes." This may encourage some folks. These strange ashes, where she uh, chronicled how she went into a tribe, started to learn their language, put all of their language into written form so that they could begin to share the gospel. She had all these notes, went away for some reason. I can't remember the details. Where she was living, burnt down, and all of her year's work burned up. And she was like, Lord, what a waste. Well, I wasted my whole year. Why would you do that? What you and I would label F, failure. Yeah. And she says, the Lord very clearly said to her heart, what you did, you did for me. And what you did for me didn't burn up. Mm. So we do what we do because it's from the Lord and we do it by the Lord, and we do it for the Lord and to the Lord. And regardless of the fruit or the impact, whether it changes the trajectory of one person's life or a 100,000 people's lives or even no one's life, when we did it, we did it for the Lord. And that's success in the economy of the kingdom of God. That's success. Mm. So I hope that will encourage you uh, to make sure you are looking at the right report card and not the wrong report card because the wrong report card will shut you down and cause you to quit. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great encouragement and good stories. Um, gotta love a good story. Oh, gotta love a good story. <laughs> um, next question. Uh, Nehemiah allow, was allowed to leave his job to rebuild the wall. Yeah. My job is so demanding that I feel I have no time to build something meaningful. It's one stone here, one stone there. Recently, we were told we were even expected to work more. Yeah. And that's the end of the, the question there, but I can sense that struggle. Sure. That seems frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the, what the job is. And quite frankly, as long as it's more on legal, it really doesn't matter. When you do um, what you do, as unto the Lord, 
whatever you do, it does matter. See, I, I'm glad this question was asked. I do not want ever, I, I don't want anybody to think, let alone everyone to think that in order to be a difference maker, you have to leave your job. Oh, absolutely not. Most of us are going to be difference makers in our, in our job. Hopefully, be difference makers in our job by how we work, by how we respond to when people are unfair and unkind to us. So um, work hard as unto the Lord and believe that in doing so for now, and I'll say that for now. Who knows what the Lord might have in the future? Remember, Nehemiah didn't get immediate relief from his job. He waited for until the Lord worked in the king's heart, and, and then the king released him. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really leave his job. The, the king gave him a sabbatical to do it. Yeah. And then he came back and did his job again. So that's unique, uh, Nehemiah's unique journey. You do not have to leave your job to be a difference maker. It's kind of like um, as a dad, I I really wanted to live in a manner that I didn't have to, we didn't have to go away to have family time or to have meaningful family time, that we could live life and it be meaningful family mm-hmm time. It's, it's finding God. It's, it's um, Brother Lawrence practicing the presence of Christ in all that we do in the mundane of life that uh, I think is the secret to being a difference maker. Now, the Lord may lead you mm-hmm. or may make it a way for you to give increased amount of time to being a difference maker, but you don't need to. As amazing as this may surprise the listeners, uh, my brother never left his job. Started Hope, and Hope has impacted 2.2 million people, and through the whole time, he also ran a building company, Keystone Custom Homes. So he actually never left his job. He made a difference mm-hmm. through Keystone Custom Homes, and he has made a difference through Hope. So don't think that you have to leave your job or you have to give full-time minutes to be a difference maker. Be a difference maker in whatever you do and the minutes that God has you in right now. It might change in the future, but it might not. It really is a powerful opportunity in a workplace, even if it's additional hours or special projects, whatever, it could put you in a position where you have more focused time and you have more conversations. You have the opportunity to share God stories through those difficulties and just sharing life with the people that you work with. So there's a million opportunities. Yeah, to every person who works in business like you did for years, Mm -hmm. I want you to remember this. You have opportunity to impact them in ways that I will never have opportunity to impact them because you work there and work alongside them. And when you work well, you have respect. So you have opportunity to impact them in ways that I will never impact them. And it might be easier for you to look and go, yeah, but you're impacting people in ways that I'll never get to. I agree. That's because I get to do what God has put in my heart, and you get to do what God has put in in your heart and where God has placed you. So don't don't undermine or underplay or minimize yes. uh, how God can use you 
where you are to be a difference maker there. Absolutely. Yeah, he really can. And yeah. he will. So he does. Yeah. It's a great encouragement. Well, we really appreciate you guys joining us this morning and hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.